0: Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Please note, all season one episodes were previously recorded for our video series.
1: Welcome back to Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. For this week, we have Catherine Rice here with us, the awesome, Ger- the awesome mayor of Geronimo, Oklahoma. She is also a brand new mom and a wife to an army captain. She's a serial entrepreneur, a really great doer, awesome person, but I'll let her tell us a little bit more about who she is and what she does.
2: Yeah. Hi, everyone. So my name is Katherine Kalila Rice. Um, I'm the mayor of Geronimo, Oklahoma, and uh, I also uh, run a technology company called Future Fun LLC, and we uh, pretty much do anything that involves virtual reality, 360 film and video. It's more of like a futuristic marketing company. Uh, and, uh, and just like, uh, what was mentioned, I am a new mother. I gave birth to my daughter September 1st. Um,
1: and
2: thank you. Thank you. And yeah, I, I guess that's it for a quick bio of me. Oh, I'm also a a spoken word poet. Um, and a few years ago I got semi-famous for this project that I did called poetic change, uh, which focused on using arts to help people heal and help people connect.
1: Nice, nice, awesome. So to dive right in, the topic that I want to talk about the most is your journey to becoming mayor, right? A lot of people might be watching this and like, wait, she's like super young. Um, she looks not like what we would think of as a typical mayor. And, you know, I'm really happy that now, the, the, the idea of what a mayor is supposed to look like has been shaken up so much. The idea of what a governor, presidents, like so many different roles have been shaken up. But can you talk a little bit more about your journey to becoming mayor? Yeah. So
2: uh, first, I want to say politics was not planned. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, the way that it started was I was working for for uh, for a client out here in Oklahoma, and that client uh was born and raised uh in the neighboring town and we were joking making small talk just about things that we had heard on the news and i noticed that the town that i had recently moved to which was geronimo was advertising that they needed uh a new mayor that you know they were encouraging people to apply to become mayor and Uh, I thought that was interesting um, because where I'm from, uh, a larger city. So I am originally from Tampa, Florida. Mm -hmm. um, And I've spent most of my adult life up in uh, Boston, um, New York, most of the northeast region. Like the big cities. Right, right. And um, up there, they kind of try to keep people out of politics. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you you don't know when races are... um, So uh, to hear that they were advertising for people to actually sign up and become involved in their community, I thought that was extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I was talking with my client about. And that client, uh, as I said earlier, born and raised here, thought my perspective was interesting and and started asking me what were some things that I would change if, you know, like if I were to run. Again, this is all just small talk. (laughs) It was all hypothetical. So I thought, Um, but little did I know that my client was actually interviewing me and that he was more connected than I thought he was. And so um, after, uh, so after I finished up the job for my client, he uh, had called some of the business owners out, uh, out in Geronimo Mm -hmm. and was pretty much like, Hey, um, you know, I uh, know this person who I think would be a really great fit. I'm gonna send her your way, and when she comes to you, try to convince her to run. <laughs> um, and you know, feel free to ask her the same questions. And so, uh, and so after I finished up, you know, sent, sent, sent uh, for the final invoice payment, um, my client was like, "I want you to meet these other people. They're awesome." Um, and uh, because my client was a uh, a retired general. Um, And he's now one of my mentors, of course, I'm going to say yes, especially if it's people who he thinks I should meet. So I went and I met other business owners out in Geronimo. Um, They asked me similar questions. And then after that, they had given my phone number to some of the previous mayors um, out here. And before I made it home, I got a call from from uh, from one of the previous mayors encouraging me to put my name in the hat and run. Um, And so, yeah, (laughs) and and so by this point, um, like I already have huge community pressure to to, you know, uh, you know, to just put my name in the hat and run. Um, And so and because also out here, one thing that I thought was interesting, uh, it was free to to, uh, you know, to sign up to run a political race. Now, most places you have to pay. Um, right, <laughs> or or um, you know, or uh, or you have to collect a number of signatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have to do any of that. Um, I pretty much just had to go down to the uh, uh, to the election office and just sign my name and prove that I was a Geronimo resident. Um, and so that's what I did. Um, and I thought that there was no harm there. I had nothing to lose, um, and that people thought that I had good ideas. And so my purpose was to help the ideas that I had um spread it wasn't necessarily to win now I'm competitive I'm going to try to win but uh my goal was to just mainly spread the ideas that uh my mentor and his community had wanted me to spread which were my own ideas about how to make Geronimo a better place and more welcoming uh, for the community and yes yeah, so that's how I ended up running and then because uh previously I've I've uh, had some, uh, I guess, some campaign experience, um, mm-hmm. like I've worked on other campaigns. Uh, I've also uh, consulted for some campaigns and I've been the communications director for, uh, for some economic development companies. Um, previously, I kind of, i reached into my network and they helped me create a strategy that ended up helping me win. And then, as far as fundraising, um, I know some influencers, and so I sent them a tweet, and they tweeted it out. And I ended up raising uh, just under a thousand dollars. We didn't want to go over a thousand because okay. once you hit a thousand, you have to. Uh, uh, it gets more complicated when it comes to campaign finance. And so, um, yeah, we raised just under a thousand from private individuals and um, I went out and did my best to meet everyone in
1: Geronimo in person, and
2: that's kind of how I started running.
1: That is amazing, like literally just someone kind of interviewing you and putting you up to it, and like it's crazy how a lot of times people think you make decisions because they're pre-planned, and you've been overthinking about it, and you were saying, okay, I'm gonna become mayor, but it was just it was just synergy. It just made sense. Someone felt you were a good fit. They talked to you about it. They wanted your ideas to spread. And then a couple months later, a couple years later, you're now the mayor of a whole, a whole town. That's really amazing and really, really inspiring. Um, and it shows you the power of kind of your network and connections. And just when people see you're doing great things, they'll just automatically kind of refer you for even more greatness and even more opportunity. Yes. Um, my next question dives into a little bit of, you know, your, your personal life now. So you said you recently had, um, a baby. So what is it like kind of like balancing being mayor and mom? And you said, you know, your husband in the, is in the army. So I'm pretty sure he, you know, he has to go out, go away sometimes, different countries, overseas. So like, what is that balancing act or that synergy? Cause I like to call it work-life synergy, but like, what is that act? What is that? Um, what is that like for you?
2: Yeah, um, it's difficult, but uh, it's a welcome challenge. Uh, I'm very glad that, uh, you know, that I did have, uh, that I did have my child, Um, you know. uh, So starting off, I, um, for the, what is it? For the majority of my pregnancy, my husband was actually deployed. Um, And so um, I didn't really let people know that because I'm also a, a mayor. Um, and some of the things that I'm, you know, like when it comes to politics, not everybody's going to agree with you.
1: Definitely. Um, (laughs) Right.
2: So, um, and I do live, you know, I do live out in a rural country uh, or a rural, uh, city. And so, um, yeah, for the, I guess the, for five months of the pregnancy, he was gone. Um, and that was really tough, but it allowed me to cultivate a larger village. Mm -hmm. And so I don't like to ever appear weak. Um, I don't like asking for help. Um, but being pregnant and being physically not able to do (laughs) some things and still wanting to make the appearance that I can, um, required, uh, me learning how to delegate better and how to become a better communicator. And uh, how to procrastinate less, and so uh, as far as uh, being mayor, uh, many times uh, I'm very blessed that the that the majority of our administrative staff um, they are all mothers, okay. and so um, they they were some of the first people to know that I was pregnant. Um, and I told them because there were some times where I just couldn't make meetings and I needed to cancel because I had like either morning sickness or things like that. And, and I I also didn't want people to know that, oh, you know, she's canceling because she's sick. And so I worked with them to, um, kind of reschedule, but do so in a discreet way. Um, and sometimes I would, uh, things that I didn't really need to handle in person, um, I would delegate to them. Um, So, yeah, I guess, in short, just a lot of delegation um, and a lot of trusting uh, other people um, and a lot of preparation and communication when it comes to what tasks that I want to complete, what my future plans are, um, how I plan on doing it, um, and trusting that people can execute on that. And then um, since, uh, I guess, since giving birth... um, uh, has also been interesting because mm-hmm. I'm also, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm also, uh, used to being physically in shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't realize the toll on your body that like birth has. Um, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, so I've been sleeping a lot, eating a lot. Um, I've learned to, um, so my goal now, um, so I'm used to having about five meetings every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I've scaled that back to one and,
1: um, Kudos (laughs) to you girl.
2: And, and, uh, and I've also learned that, um, for, to increase the likelihood that I'll be able to make the meetings and not have to be late, um, that I try to schedule all of my meetings in the afternoon. So that way, um, if I sleep in because, uh, she likes to be up like Mm -hmm. all night sometimes, (laughs) Um, you know, or or uh, you know, or like if it's not her, you know, like my husband is um, you know, doing things that also causes us to be up or, you know, come home late because I'm helping him with, you know, other projects he's doing. Um, so I'm tired a lot <laughs> in short. Um, so yeah, so just learning to understand myself and being softer on myself. Um, because I have high standards uh, I've had to lower those a bit, um, and just give myself grace, um, and be real with what I can do and be comfortable with this, with becoming this new person. Um, I think sometimes, like, we get stuck on the idea of who we're supposed to be, um, Mm -hmm. and, like, what others think of us, um, and, you know, I've learned to find freedom in letting those ideas go, um and just focusing on what is and the reality of what is is that you know right now my capacity is I can only do one meeting a day <laughs> it typically has to be in the afternoon um and I may have to cancel that you know depending you know like if you know like if my daughter needs you know like needs more attention um and uh when it comes to uh so I also tend to write all of the legislation for the town as well okay which is uh, which is really the city council's job but um, so in our rural community uh, being a politician it's a part-time job so pretty much everybody works during the day like everybody has a full-time job like I typically do my technology job my city councilors um, they do you know trade jobs or, or uh, you know or uh, they work in the medical field Um, so they're also busy throughout the day and they also have families Yeah. Um, you know like I was the only one who didn't have children Um, and so uh, what that means is that I if you know if I want something to get done like I said I typically am the one that has to do it and so um, also kind of pressuring them to step up a bit more has um, also been my route um, I guess in being more of a team motivator um, so that way we can continue to get stuff done for Geronimo, uh, because I'm not
1: Superwoman, and I shouldn't have to be. <laughs> exactly, like that was really good because I see so many times. Like I myself, I'm a mom as well. You know, I, at first after I gave, I had my first um, child back, like in high school, and so you know, being a young teen single mom it was difficult. But having a second child, like it was a whole, and I was now married. It was like a whole different level of difficult. And I expected the same stuff. Like you know, I was still trying to schedule like four or five meetings a day. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna you know be awesome. And society kind of pressures you. And I feel like especially as like a black woman, the, the pressure is even there heavier because there's like a stereotype. but we are like this has to be the superwoman. You have to kill the cat kill the pig, then fry it bring on the bacon, then fry it up too, and then wash the dishes after you do all that. and it's just like this whole stereotype around it. So I'm really glad that you know, you're being ver- really verbal about taking a step back because it's not that you can't do everything that you wanna do, it's just that you can't do it all at the same time, right? right. Just respecting that that, you, that shift in your life and that balance. I'd like to now ask a question about your misadventure, your journey that you told me about from Boston to Florida. Um, let's hear a little bit about that and what it took to be doing the most um, as, as this session is called.
2: Can you, uh, refresh me about what part of the, because it, it was long uh, and I know
1: we have limited time. All right. So. so just catch me up on what was just highlight the craziest part of that trip. So I know a lot of it was crazy, you know, from the fundraising. So maybe you talk about, um, the proof of, the proof of income. Because I think a lot of people, know yeah, think it's really key. So let's okay, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your trip to Boston and how you were able to get that Kia from the dealership.
2: Yeah. Okay. Cool. So not many, actually, hardly anybody knows this story. So I'm glad that um, you remembered and brought this up. So uh, when I was uh, attempting to do poetic change full-time mm-hmm. um, well actually I was doing poetic change full time you know it was a startup and it was in, uh and it was a arts organization um, and um, I was down in Florida to uh, I guess um, I was down in the two do a trial run of some of the curriculum that that uh, uh, that we had developed with Poetic Change. I was also helping to volunteer with like art therapy classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and previously I had gotten the opportunity to kind of workshop Poetic Change um, up in the Boston area with, you know, um, uh, there were some Harvard professors that had taken interest in, in uh, I guess, in what I was doing. There were some student organizations that wanted to partner with us. And so my goal was to get to Boston by like any means necessary. (laughs) Um, And I didn't, you know, I'm running like an arts organization that uh, is self-funded. You know, we didn't have any venture capital funding. We didn't have giant donor networks or anything like that. Um, And uh, so my goal was to get to Boston, but I didn't really have like the financial means. Um, nor did I have a car. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, and so, uh, what I ended up doing was, was, uh, uh, was I had gotten this, uh, this contract to, uh, to redo a website of a local restaurant.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and then I had also, um, gotten this contract to do like IT support for, for, um, uh, uh, for this business on a short-term basis. And then I got this third contract to, um, do, uh, like personal assistant side work, okay. uh, which, uh, which I got at the last uh, because I realized that I was actually going to try to like go to Boston. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and so I went to the dealership and of course, you know, dealership, they want to see that you have a job, what your annual salary is, you know, like who your co-signer is. Um, and I didn't have a typical job. All of my jobs were, uh, mm-hmm. self-employment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, and so what I told him was that I really needed the car. I wasn't going to leave <laughs> until I got a car. Um, and that I, you know, uh, And that even though I don't look like your typical candidate, I will do, you know, like if you trust me, if you, you know, put some faith out on me, like I guarantee you I'll make the payments, you know, I just got to get approved. And, um, here is a projection of, of, uh, I guess of income that I plan to make in the next year, um, which was a decent salary. Um, and so I showed them all of the contracts, um, and I even let them talk to some of, uh, Uh, some of my clients uh, who uh, I guess who I had booked um, and everyone but one salesman had like given up on me. And so uh, we uh, ended up uh, applying for financing for the car. And um, I tried to have my husband or he wasn't my husband at the time, but I tried to have, uh, I guess my future husband as my co-signer. And because he lived in another state and also was in the army, um they didn't allow him as a co signer. So anyways, we kept trying and um based off of my word and the word of like the four clients that I had and then also off of the projection, um, I somehow got approved. So um I think that was a miracle in that self and I named my car miracle because of that. Because uh, normally you won't get approved without, you know, a a job or uh, well, I mean, I do have a job, but like a stereotypical job and proof of income. Um, yeah, because usually to get approved um, for a car loan, you need a typical job at the very least,
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: and and you know and decent credit. And I did have some decent credit because um, I had um, I guess just built it up um, in that short time. But yeah, so I got the car. Uh, so I was like, great. I have a car, but I don't really have money for gas. Like, I ain't tell you know the uh dealership people this that like I'm really just running on you know hopes and dreams right now. So um, uh, so I got the car. Didn't really have money for gas, but um, uh, you know, but one of my friends who I was uh, rooming with just uh donated some money for gas for me, and um, and so I packed up all my things and I went to this crowdfunding festival. Um That was about three hours north of where I was staying um and this was all on my trip out of the state mm-hmm. and so my plan was to go to this crowdfunding festival, which was like three days and uh raise the rest of the money that I needed to go to boston um and so I pretty much went to the crowdfunding festival first time there um, told people about poetic change, um, and what my hopes and dreams were, and I was the only person there. Most people at this crowdfunding festival, like, came with teams of, like, people, so that way they could, you know, interact with the crowd and have somebody watch the money and all that other stuff. It was just me. (laughs) And so, um, uh, and so some people, well, uh, many people actually, uh, liked Uh, what I was trying to do with poetic change and they also felt bad that it was just me and so um, I got random people who you know I guess who I had met at the crowdfunding festival they decided to volunteer with me like over the course of three days and I have a picture that I can send you um, if you want to see it but it um, ended up being from like just me trying to fundraise for poetic change to like six people
1: Wow Yeah. And wow, that is crowdfunding right there. You've got, you've got the crowd
2: too. <laughs> right, right. And like these were all people who I had like never met before. Um, and so we, you know, all were like working the booth and like they came up with like other ideas for signage. And so long story short, um, you know, we ended up raising enough money um, to where I could safely drive up to Boston and um, finish developing Poetic Change. Oh, also, um, side note, so also one way that we ended up uh, showcasing what Poetic Change was, was that I would uh, perform, <laughs> um, uh, you know, at the crowdfunding festival. And um, and so people, uh, so I played the djembe drum as well as... Uh, spoken word poetry. Mm -hmm. And uh, people really liked that. And so what ended up happening was that, so after I gathered like the six people to help me, um, at our booth, other booths who didn't have any type of like entertainment would also, um, pay me to be entertainment over at their booth to help them crowdfund. Um, and so that was really cool. Um, and then I booked a few gigs, uh, uh, after that as well. Um, and so, um, yeah, so we ended up raising the funds that I needed to go up to Boston. And so after the crowdfunding festival was done, um, I just drove to Boston, um, uh, and prayed that like nothing was wrong with the car and that we didn't have any complications cause I had just enough. Um, but also, um, so I didn't just go to Boston with like, um, No job or anything. Um, I did have a summer job lined up with a uh, with a educational summer camp um, to teach like uh, engineering to middle school students. And so once I got up there, I waited about like one week and then the next week that job started and then um, I became more financially secure. Um, to where I knew I could pay my rent for at least a few months. <laughs> <laughs> at
1: least a little
2: bit. <laughs> like, right, 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 right. You know, again, hoping nothing was going to happen. Like, I didn't get too many parking tickets or my car got towed, because if that would have happened, I would have been um, out of luck. But, um, yeah, so we got up there. I took that job, and then while I was doing that job, um, I was able to um, – get involved um, over at Harvard, over at Impact Hub, um, and then partner with different organizations to help me further, um, for, uh, further develop Poetic Change. Um, and what I learned from that was that um, the current, I guess, non- or the way I was running Poetic Change as a nonprofit, um, I was kind of running it uh, in a way that would have always made me dependent on uh, rich people giving me money. Um, okay. we didn't really have any like substantial products at that time, other than curriculum that was in development. And, uh, and the curriculum that I had was geared towards like enterprise clients. So like, uh, uh, school districts, okay. and to get those types of, um, contracts, it takes a really long time.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so if I would have continued to, uh, run poet, and we also did like some open mic shows, Um, and some poetry shows, and then we would use those shows as a way to uh, help people heal and talk about their differences or struggles or things like that, Um, but they were all free. I didn't really want to charge for that, and so the way we were running it um, was sustainable based off of my own views as to um, how art should be used. Like, I think good people should also be compensated a lot like i think good people should be rich i think artists should be rich mm-hmm. um and the way that i was running it it was more um
1: community service kind of
2: right um which i find a bit predatory like you know you're really talented and gifted and valuable but i'm not gonna pay you as you know like you know like worth and so um you know and so that's what i realized uh the way we were running poetic change we were also I'm profiting off of people's pain. Um, and I didn't want to have to continue to tell the story of like my own trauma or like other, uh, um, other people's trauma through poetry, um, to get people to connect and donate with us. Like something about that just didn't seem right. And so, um, that's what going up there helped me realize. And so since then we've started to, um, redo our model. Um, we've, um, you know, we've, I guess we've started to create um, new products that's focused on joy and happiness Mm -hmm. and um, building a image of the world that we want to see as opposed to the opposite, which is pointing out the problems that there are. You go. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's what we've been working on. And then I've also been working on myself uh, by, you know, giving myself the power that Um, I want and then um, also the financial backing that I want so that way we don't ever have to be swayed by the third entry and then once I get to a more comfortable place which will probably be in the next one to two years um, we'll start poetic change back up again um, in a more sustainable way with a better model of uh, compensation
1: yeah so I just want to say a big congrats to all of that you know um, and to the audience watching and listening, you know, what I want to highlight here is her persistence, right? If you have an opportunity presented to you, don't just say, oh, I can't afford it or I'm a, I am don't have the money or I don't have the time. Like, see other ways, alternate ways, or just go for it. Like, if you, the worst thing that someone could say is no, and I guess what? It's not even that bad. because you can move on to the next person. She walks into the dealership and says, listen you do you don't, I'm gonna leave the car today. And it happened and if that didn't work, you know, continue to go to different dealerships. There's so many different ways. And you know, that was a few years ago. Now there's Zipcar, there's so many right. different channels. You know, you can even get like an Uber in like a weird way. There's so many opportunities out there. You just have to look for them and say, I'm going to make a way like there is no way right now, but I'm going to make a way it's possible. And then another thing is like reaching out to the community and just being really authentic and connecting with people. That way, one, they could build trust with you, you could build trust with them, and then you guys could build something amazing together. You went to that festival with just yourself and came out of it with not only funds, but new friends and supporters of your business, people that were willing to hire you for different shows. And that goes to show you just going out there and say, hey, I'm here, this is what I do, this is how I do it um hire me or participate with me or support me but if people don't know about what you're doing how can they even support you if you don't even start or try how can they um be your your champion for you if you're if you're not out there trying to champion for yourself right people help those who want to be helped if you look like oh i'm sad nancy or whatever it may be like i i I don't want to take a chance because i'm too scared then folks are not going to take a chance on you but if you say hey i'm here i'm taking a chance can you support me? If you can't, can you tell somebody else that can't? Um, so I'm really, really, um, happy about your story. It's very humbling. And just as a last note, before we end off today, what advice would you give other entrepreneurs, streamers out there that are either stuck or haven't even started yet? Like what advice would you give to them?
2: Uh, I would say follow your gut. And then also, um, Find what works for you, right? Like everybody has an opinion. Um, Some people will tell you, you know, um, if you have an idea, then you need to follow it full time, right? But we also have bills to pay. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. rich. I don't have, you know, like somebody giving me money to pay my bills. So, you know, um, if that means that like you need to take a, uh, you know, a more flexible job that pays less, uh, but still gives you some type of safety net, Um, so that way you can, you know, go off and like develop your idea that may be, you know, like the route for you, um, you know, if you're gifted with the network to go and raise venture capital funding, kudos to you. I'm, you know, I wasn't that way. Um, but again, like, you know, follow your gut, um, because, you know, whatever that inner voice is inside of you, I found that to never be wrong. Um, even with some of the decisions that I've made that. Um, if I would have told people I was going to make this decision, everybody would have been like, no, especially with the car with randomly moving to Boston and not knowing anybody, uh, you know, with going to a crowdfunding festival that's multiple days by myself with a new car, you know, like, um, those decisions, if I would have told someone beforehand, everybody would have, would have tried to talk me out of. Um, but I felt deep down that I need to do it. And, um, all of those experiences have led to, um, uh, making me prepared for the jobs that I hold now, such as, you know, being mayor, such as running a successful technology company, um, uh, you know, such as, uh, being stable, um, you know, now with the family that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um uh, that I wouldn't trade for anything. Um, yeah, all of those crazy decisions <laughs> have made me, you know, value people, trust in myself. And I think those are the two basics of um doing anything great which is valuing
1: people and trusting yourself so. awesome thank you thank you so much for your time miss captain right mrs captain rice um and again folks if you want to learn more about her her information will be in the comments and the caption section and check her out she's doing great work follow her her, her journey as mayor follow her support her technology company, hire her for some VR and 360 resources. I love the photos that she posts when she takes these um, like 3D 360 photos, they're amazing. So, you know, continue to do that great work. Keep doing the most um, at your own pace, of course. And thank you so much for being here.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Doing the Most. Catch us here next week, same time, same place. If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing.